Welcome to the Investing Mastermind Podcast. I'm Michelle Markey. And I'm Sina Lundholt. And today we're going to talk about a very hot topic that's happening in the United States, revolving the United States government debt with its debt ceiling. So even though this might seem like an issue local to America, it actually has worldwide implications because there are so many things that the U.S. government has to pay for, including not only a lot of the social services that American citizens receive, but also anyone who owns United States debt in terms of U.S. Treasury bonds and the varieties of bonds that the government issues. So there are a lot of foreign countries and individuals that own American debt. So this debt ceiling issue that's happening in the U.S. right now could become a big deal if mm -hmm. our U.S. government does not raise what's called a debt ceiling, which basically is to say, you know, if you can spend up to here in U.S. debt, they need to raise it up here in order to afford all of its obligations. So the American government has done this plenty of times since the 60s. Like they've definitely raised it by about 70 times since the early 60s. So this has been something that they normally do anyway. But sometimes it comes to a head where people get a lot of political fighting about it so that they can push their agenda. So it's a hot topic both politically and economically. And today we're gonna to focus more on the economic point of view and how it can affect us as individual investors. Yeah, because like you say, Michelle, this is really a global problem and not only limited to the United States. I remember in 2008, the financial crisis, it hit hard here in Europe as well, where people were let go of jobs and it just caused a major global crisis. So it's not only limited to the U.S. what we're discussing today. And that's why we thought it would be super, super important to talk about this debt ceiling. You know, for, for people just to, to understand what we're talking about here is that as a country, you can take up debt. And the way you do it is, you know, you write out bonds and countries, individuals, corporations can buy those bonds that will give that country some additional money to spend. And that is basically what is happening here. What has also happened, as Michelle mentioned, is that this debt hit a ceiling. There's so many bonds out there that now the politicians have to negotiate whether or not the ceiling should be raised and it's, you know, something that at least many times is cause of a great debate. Yeah. And what's happening here is that there is something called an X date. And the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has said that this X date is June 1st. So if Congress does not raise the debt ceiling by June 1st, then the U.S. will start not being able to pay some of its obligations. So it's not to say that the U.S. will immediately default on June 1st because we're still recording this in May. So at the time this will probably come out, it's yet to be seen exactly what will happen. But just to mentally prepare yourself in case it were to happen this year in 2023 or perhaps in a future year. So this could potentially become an issue again as the United States is still in tons of debt and doesn't look like it's bringing down its debt anytime too soon. But you can learn from how it could affect you both in the near term and also in the future term. So what will happen if 
the U.S. hasn't raised the debt ceiling by June 1 is that some of the U.S.'s obligations may not get paid on time. It's not to say that they will never get paid. They will probably get paid. But some things like Medicare, Medicaid, and veterans benefits may be mm -hmm. delayed as opposed to the U.S. government will probably still right away pay its principal and interest that it owes on its bonds to whoever owns them. So those will probably be okay and paid for, but other people will kind of suffer. Like if there are some retirees out there and they rely on that social security check, that could get delayed. So that could be a real problem for some people who need that to afford their rent or their healthcare bills. So there could be a lot of downstream implications if the U.S. starts falling behind on its obligations. So those are just some of the more local immediate impacts that could happen. But then on a more macroeconomic scale, that could cause a dysfunction in the world financial system where as soon as the U.S. starts falling behind, it's governmental credit rating could go down. It could be downgraded like it was when we got awfully close to missing the raising of the debt ceiling back in 2011. And then the U.S. credit rating was downgraded for a little bit. I don't know if it's been restored since, but basically that means that in order for the U.S. government to be able to attract more investors to its debt, it's going to have to raise the interest rates because now with a lowered credit rating, its bonds have become riskier because investors are not sure if the U.S. will make good on its debt to investors. So that's some of what could happen here. Yeah, and we we were just at the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting a few weeks ago. And what Buffett mentioned there was that the U.S. were not going to let the debt ceiling fail, so to speak. He said it would be catastrophic and the whole world would go into a turmoil. So he doesn't believe that it would fail. And several times he actually mentioned that he had faith in that the debt ceiling would, would be raised once again, which also brings me to, to talk about another investor. His name is Ray Dalio, and he used to be, well, he was the founder of Bridgewater Associates. He's now retired, but he has written a lot about debt cycles and you know, just general world orders, which is extremely interesting to read. And something that he said was that we all know that there is no real debt limit. He actually is quite tough on U.S. politicians because he says that it's like a bunch of alcoholics who write laws to enforce drinking limits. And th then when that limit is reached, they do a negotiation that temporarily eliminates the limit, which allows them to have their next drinking binge. And then it goes on in circles that they raise the bar a little bit more, go on the next drinking binge, et cetera, et cetera. So Ray Dalio is talking about that everyone knows, at least in the investing world, that there is no real debt limit. What is super important is that no time in history we've seen the reserve currency, a superpower like the United States, doing something like this. So we don't know where it ends, but I think we all have a feeling that it's not going to be nice. And what Munger and Buffett talked about in the annual meeting is that Munger said, so far, the man has jumped off a tall building. It's all right until he hits the ground. And Buffett said, but 
there could be ways to stop it now at the third floor. Hmm. Yeah, so it would be interesting to see, you know, what are they going to do to actually stop it? And it sounds like, you know, smart minds like Buffett, Munger and Ray Dalio is encouraging the U.S. government to do something about it right now. And some of the options that the U.S. government has is that, of course, they can just keep moving the goalposts as a sports analogy. If you just keep moving where the goal is, it's easier to make it happen. Just raise the debt ceiling like you've done dozens of times before. But it's not addressing some of the ultimate problems that the U.S. has. And some of this is related to some of the problems that we've been having in the last few years with the pandemic and stimulus. And a lot of people had extra income that helped them to stay afloat for a little bit. But then that also adds additional debt to the U.S. government by them giving out a lot of stimulus money. People may have needed that. And even Buffett said that that was mm -hmm. very necessary. Like if the U.S. Yep. government hadn't done that, we would be in a much worse position. So there's both good and bad. Like it helped stem the bleeding at the time, but the source of bleeding still has not been quite stopped. And actually, some of this is really coming to a head because from the recent tax season, there was not as much tax revenue coming in that the U.S. government was kind of expecting. So some of what is happening here as a breakdown is that American citizens seem to be getting less well off right now, like that they you're seeing that in the government not getting as much money coming in to afford all of its obligations. So that's also making things more difficult because everyday individuals, their own finances are getting weaker. And so the whole system is is getting weaker. And and for now, it's like a Band-Aid to try to raise the debt ceiling if Congress can come to agreement without fighting too much. And then also, there are some alternative ideas that some people have been discussing lately, which are not super likely to come to pass that the U.S. government could do to try to, uh, say, suddenly afford all of its obligations, like by minting this so-called trillion dollar coin, which is, is very not likely to happen, but it there's some potential for this in some of the writings that our government has of a possible option if it had to, but not likely for them to just suddenly mint a trillion dollar coin and have the Federal Reserve accept it and then essentially credit the U.S. government's checking account with the money to then pay off stuff. So not likely to happen. Another idea that was brought up was something called a 14th Amendment, which means that it's a little hard for me to explain because I haven't looked into it too much, but essentially Congress can see its debt however it wants to and kind of address it accordingly. So it's sort of almost to suggest that this debt ceiling is sort of imaginary and then, you know, you could just conceivably kind of ignore it and then just keep spending as Congress or the government sees fit, really. And then Another thing is what I briefly mentioned earlier, which involved if the U.S. were to default on its bonds, but even if it didn't default on its bonds, if it wanted to, say, get more money in or or try to, you know, get some immediate funds, it could increase the interest rate that is issued on existing bonds. So if the U.S. has hit its debt ceiling, it can't issue new bonds, but on existing ones that are starting to mature, they could actually say, oh, instead of giving you 3%, we'll give you 5%. And then more people might buy those sort of existing bonds. And if the government is promising higher interest rate or a higher premium, 
then they might get more money in the near future to try to afford its current obligation. So among all of these options, they're not super great because essentially like if, if the government were to pay more interest, then that will add to their future obligations. So it's sort of like just kicking the can down the road. So all of these potential things are not super great. Like in my personal opinion, it's probably not super popular, but kind of like how there was austerity in some European countries about a decade ago. I feel like we as the US may need to discipline ourselves a little bit more and impose a little bit more austerity on ourselves if we can in whatever way it's feasible to try to not keep binging on debt, but kind of try to rein it in and kind of like get back to a point of not being addicted to debt, but be someone who is able to more rationally afford our debt as a nation. You know, with what you're saying is that with the whole COVID crisis and, you know, it took some extreme measures to to fight that. And now it's time for some more discipline. And I totally agree with that. I'm also really concerned about what Dalio writes, that it's the politicians who get to spend the money as well as decide if, you know, the debt ceiling should be raised and where... Could could there be another model for who gets to, you know, decide things like that? I don't know. There are three uh, branches of power in the United States. And, you know, is there some model to be worked out where it's not the same people that get to spend the money as well as raising the money? And And you could say, you know, if I did that with my own economy, at some point, the bank would come in and say, hey, you're spending way too much money. You're, you have huge loans. Now it's time to pay back. And I would absolutely have to pay back or be, you know, insolvent. And, you know, I, I wouldn't want that for, for a country. But it's just, you know, there's somebody else there to stop me in my, you know, spending. And I really think that would be beneficial to, to also come up with a system like that. And like you say, have some more discipline in what money is spent on. And what Buffett talked about recently was that he was really, really interested in in the Fed and money printing and just watching the, the balance sheet. What he said was that it was interesting because a lot of the printing that had been going on was in $100 bills. And there's about 50 $100 bills per person in the United States, babies, everyone. And he would really like to know where all of those money are. He says he doesn't know where they are and the money, and he don't think that the Fed knows exactly where they're at either. But 50 $100 bill per person in the United States, that's a lot of $100 bills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's like 5,000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... And and basically the point I think you're making is that this money was just created out of thin air. And it's like pulling a rabbit out of a hat to all of a sudden say, oh, it's okay. All the debt, like kind of on a per capita basis is is sort of being inflated away because we keep money printing. So it's, it's just sort of temporarily kind of addressing the problem, but not really fixing the root cause, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, you know, it'll now take some some discipline to to pay back some of the debt. And with the raising interest rates, you definitely want to, to also pay off your debt so that it doesn't accumulate. With many years behind us where there was no interest rate, 
debt was fine, but now that the interest rate is so high, now it's you know starting to be painful even for European companies because of the raising of interest rates here in Europe that it's starting to be painful for some com- some of these companies that have debt to actually be able to pay back the debt and banks are definitely not lending out like like they did when there was zero interest rates or even here in Europe where for I can only say personally we were paid every month for our mortgage loan so um yeah it's it's different here now for sure oh yeah and everywhere <laughs> everywhere is seeing that as well and it and we can see the economic slowdown happening because of the need to try to bring down inflation by raising interest rates it makes borrowing costs therefore debt way more expensive for anyone to get if they want to like mortgage rates here had been skyrocketing like they'd been going up to between six to nine percent depending on your credit rating and you know kind of how much you're taking out and how many years you're taking out a mortgage for but you know to think like even if mortgages are at six to seven percent interest rates that's still more than double than what it kind of used to be in the kind of good old days like in the 2020 and 2021 when people were going crazy to try to get real estate but now some of that's starting to backfire on people because they spent too much on house and now they're starting to be house poor in terms of maybe having paid too much and even though they're they're still sort of doing okay with like how inflation was way higher than their mortgage interest rate but it's still not quite that comfortable because what if they lose their jobs and need money like it's going to be kind of harder to sell your house now and in the slowing economic environment so in many ways, if you can afford the debt you have at the interest rates you got, great. But if if anything starts falling apart in the system, like, for example, if we do get really close to that debt ceiling deadline of June 1 and it still hasn't been raised, like I could start seeing on May 31, some companies are going to start making decisions based on you know, how close we're getting to this X date and people could start losing their jobs. So just when you think it couldn't happen to you, it could totally happen to any of us, like when we least expect it. So we just got to be mentally prepared that nothing is promised. Like tomorrow is never promised. And also to your point, Sina, when you were bringing up Ray Dalio, the U.S. has the luxury of being the world's reserve currency, but it might not get to stay that way forever. The more that we kind of just keep spending America away, like the more that essentially we're binging too much on debt we're we're weakening our financial power and in terms of you know who owns our debt not usually as many americans as more foreign countries are owning more and more us debt so guess what we owe the debt to foreign powers and if foreign powers get mad at the us they could be you know militarily engaging us and and they could fight us because we owe them and and they're not satisfied that we keep making our money worth less like we degrade the buying power of the US dollar by all these inflationary measures that have been happening with the stimulus and money printing. And so some other countries might decide, America, you're being too much. And even though you've gotten away for it so long because you're the big bulldog on the block and no one wants to mess with you because you've been the world police, but now other powers might say enough is enough. 
America, you're too much, you know, like the other analogy we were talking about, it's like when people drink too much and now they're too drunk and then other people are stepping in and saying, it's time for you to go home. We're going to put you in a cab and <laughs> send you home. So yeah. like things like that, like it, I know it sounds kind of funny, but like, you know, it's terrible to think that the it U.S. Is. Sorry, is I shouldn't like, have been laughing. <laughs> I know it's terrible to think the U.S. could be like a drunkard at a party. And it's like you never want to be that embarrassing person at a party or something. And then people are looking at you like, what's wrong with you? And the more that we put ourselves in this position, the more that it's going to reduce our reputation in the world as much as it has already. And so to Dalio's point, you know, empires rise and then they gradually might start falling like many previous empires. And mm -hmm. even though U.S. is not like an empire like the U.K. was, but the U.K. rose and fell, France rose and fell, the Netherlands rose and fell, all an empire. China. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of these past dynasties and empires have once had almighty power, but they all got undone in some way or another. So and the U.S. has only been kind of in its luxurious world power status for a relatively short amount of time historically. So are mm -hmm. we really going to, you know, kind of do this to ourselves? Like this financial game is ours to lose. And I'm a very, uh, I'm a very sports minded person. So I kind of think of it as, you know, kind of like when I say things like moving the goalposts and kicking the can down the road, this is our financial game to lose if we don't get our act together. So you know, it would behoove us as Americans to do the right thing to, you know, pay our debts, not get in too much crazy debt and try to be reasonable. Like, it's not to say we can't have some debt because sometimes it's necessary, but we need to we need to try to help each other kind of through this because it's the future of our country that's on the line if we don't come together in a way that's mutually beneficial, like we will assure mutual destruction the more that this fight goes on at the politician level and so on so yeah Sina did you have any closing thoughts you wanted to add <laughs> well I do so first of all I want to say that if you want to know more about this topic and Ray Dalio has some amazing books out there one is about debt another one is about the changing world order I think he's actually got some some of them on a free PDF that you can download when you subscribe to his newsletter. So, and, so try also, to find that. And also watch his YouTube video on, on yeah. the changing world order. What you also hear us say is that as millennials, we should pay off our debt. We should start saving, putting money into the stock market also to, to some really quality companies is also what Warren Buffett has been telling us to do some some companies that are high high quality who power through this crisis and then yeah personal finance make sure you have that three months cushion in case you know you you're let go from your job and you can start preparing now nobody you know says that anything is going to happen especially not now let's hope nothing is going to happen and we're going to continue and there's going to be solutions and the united states will continue to be a superpower but just make sure that you're prepared. And we talked about a few things in this podcast about how you can prepare. So make sure to do that. And yeah, you're well prepared for anything that could happen. Yeah. And especially if I just want to add, because you reminded me, a recession very well could happen either as a result of this or indirectly affected. Like there could be many variables and causes to what 
a recession may lead to and then maybe also a stock market crash. So yeah, exactly to your point, Sina, be prepared no matter what happens, recession or not on the horizon. Yeah, and Sir John Templeton made a lot of money during recession. So he might also be a good person to read some of the books and other material from Templeton. With that, we're coming to an end of today's episode. We will be back next Tuesday. Till next time. If you enjoyed the show and found the content informational, we would be super grateful if you would leave us a review and follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you automatically get new episodes in your feed. We publish a new show every Tuesday. The contents of the Investing Mastermind podcast are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. None of this is investing advice. And if you need help in your personal situation, please consult with a professional.